Dear supply chain community, uh, a warm welcome to our podcast number six, and I'm thrilled to welcome um, uh, Ali Sankur and uh, Ketan Shah from McKinsey uh, today. And we're talking about a very um, um, exciting thought leadership paper that was recently launched under, under um, um, co-authorship um, of Ali and Ketan, which talks about the nerve center, and we will take this as a topic today. Andy, do you want to do the introductions? Thank you so much, Cross. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, Ketan is partner in, uh, in McKinsey's manufacturing and supply chain practice and leader of McKinsey's uh, supply chain planning service line. And Ali Sankur is a senior expert in McKinsey's manufacturing and supply chain practice and both lead McKinsey's uh, collaboration in supply chain technology ecosystems. And they're both based in McKinsey's Chicago office. Ketan Shah, Ali Sankur, thank you very much for joining. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, look forward to it. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming. Um, well, let's jump straight into the first question. Um, you, you had a great uh, white paper earlier this year uh, published with a couple of co-authors describing something you call the nerve center. And uh, could you um, maybe describe it? Why do we actually need a nerve center? Yeah, and that, that's a great question. I think the supply chains are broken. They have been for a very, very long time, right? Uh, what's happening uh, today, though, is we actually have now a lot of data availability and processing power. And it's a pity, really, that we still continue to make bad and siloed decisions. So while technology is uh, kind of becoming better and better, how we use the technology and how we bring the supply chain together is unfortunately not getting better. And hence, uh, the concept of nerve center, which is really bringing together parts of supply chain that have yet to be really connected, right? Yet to become a real chain versus uh, uh, lots of broken links today. And let me just maybe illustrate with one example, right? So let's say you take a, a, a case of a food and beverage company and you talk about waste. Is waste only an outcome because someone did bad demand planning or someone overproduced? Or maybe we had bad quality raw material or something broke it down in the factory or maybe we didn't do FIFO in uh, our warehouses. There's so many different parts that contribute to waste. And until you have the full visibility across the chain, there's a lot of finger pointing going on today, which I kind of says not my fault that it occurred because of X and Y. And unfortunately, the company loses uh, as a result. And so the nerve center then is a way to really kind of bring these sub-functions together and help connect parts of supply chain that are still not connected. Hopefully that helps. Uh, Ketan, you especially let me follow up on that uh, on that example that, that you just gave um, because you're describing that it's really the interplay between different different functions as well, and it sounds like it's the challenge is not just on the data side but it's also on the business process perspective. You're absolutely right that this is not just a data or a technology challenge. Right, a lot of companies go into this thinking. I'll deploy a new technology and everything will magically improve. That I think is the wrong way to approach uh, supply chain technology. And by the way, the second uh, thing that we often see is, oh, if I don't have the data right, 
then nothing else will work either. And and many times I think we forget that ultimately supply chain is not just about data or technology. It's about really a few other things, right? Which is one, how do we design our processes together such that we are kind of optimizing the whole, not just the parts of supply chain. And second, uh, we need to really kind of think about who owns what in the supply chain and how they collaborate with each other and really enabling the collaboration through technology. And then finally, I, and which is probably the biggest uh, problem with how people have gone after improving their supply chain is ignoring the people. And to me, I think this is the one thing that kind of leads to a lot of waste in the technology investments that companies are making today, which is really taking the people to change how they work, how they behave, build their capability, teach them the new tools that you are deploying, get their input in how they are going to interact with the tools. If you do all of that right, then you really get magic. Otherwise, yeah, you might get pockets of excellence, but you're still not really connecting the supply chain. And I, I think the way in, in the article, we kind of say the nerve center is one way to start kind of bringing the people together. Again, there's some level of technology that is required. I'm not kind of saying technology is not a prerequisite, but it's also not the be all end all, right? And you need to kind of fix the processes as well as uh, what we call management infrastructure and capabilities and behaviors of people. Exactly. And that's mm -hmm. when I would like to, to bring in Klaus and, and, and get your expertise because basically the, the, the topic of, of business process, the, the organizational alignment, and of course technology and data is, is MSE's core core competency. Um, and could you basically maybe maybe elaborate a bit about the topic of, of process or integration before we mm -hmm. move to, to the next topic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm building on what, what Ketan said, because I think all the elements um, are already contained, but I would put this in the in a in a in a bit different perspective in order um, to um, to focus on one specific point. So the world learned that uh, functions need more sophisticated um, um, tool support and system support. That um, um, ERP systems, which we believed um, in the past would would deliver this, never delivered. So we need more functional sophistication. Yes, we started to implement systems. Then the the world somehow recognized that these systems are quite useless um, if you don't have proper data. So I think that the data topic is an important thing and a, a crucial prerequisite has been kind of learned and accepted as well. So um, the world had had systems and data, and then they they somehow recognized that um, they can't um, make the equation without the people that are that that have to use the system with the proper data, and everyone started to talk about the people and the change side of the equation. The missing link. The, the missing link is the process. Nobody talks about the process because the process is basically what makes people collaborate. They are not just volunteering to collaborate. If you don't, if you're not clear about the process, if you don't specifically lay out the process, the collaboration of the people is depending on, on their personal behavior and, um, um, and, and they being convinced of that collaboration is be better than not collaborating. So the process is the orchestrating piece. And I think what the future will be is a piece of technology that 
ties existing technologies into the process and drives this collaboration. And I truly think this is the missing element and this is going to be um, the big point and the big difference um, that we are going to see in the near future. And I think this, this nurse center, by the way, is, is somehow um, adopting this thought because the nerve center um, is not just a piece of technology. It definitely says this, this, this process element. Um, I think, and, and, and Ketan Ali, um, 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 please, please interfere if this is not correct, that the process is, is part of this, of this nerve center thought. This is yeah, why. Maybe, I, maybe at this point. I just add one thing, I close. I, I think you're completely right, right? Which is, this is, yes, it's uh, technology, it's data, it's visibility, but ultimately what you do with that, how you bring this data into insights and then insights into action. And you can't do that without stitching the right process, as you said, Klaus, right? Which is really uh, driving the company to work differently, to collaborate differently, have the right uh, mechanisms in place, the right forums in place, the right meetings in place, and, and even kind of within the meetings, what are the decisions you are going to make? When is it that I raise an exception and things like that? It's an absolute must to drive a better supply chain. Yeah. Maybe Ali, to, to, to bring you into the loop and, and maybe to help us unpack that the, the topics that, that uh, Ketan and Klaus have, have opened up. Maybe could you could you elaborate a bit on that on that process centricity that is part of the Nerf Center as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, so. It's central to the nerve center, right? Uh, and and to be fair, I would say the end-to-end -end supply chain approach always had to be process-centric. So there is really nothing new there. Um, maybe if we look back historically, uh, what we will discover is that, unfortunately, in the initial phases of tech enablements, and uh, I'm talking about the first time the companies adopted things like ERPs advanced planning systems, WMS, TMAs, right? Like the very first wave. They were really forced to adopt um, the rigid boundaries of the processes that were hard-coded in these solutions. So mm -hmm. as a result, what happened is many organizations either had to massage their processes to fit into these rigid molds uh, in, the, in the software packages, or mm -hmm. worse yet, they did not have a process, so they had to inherit what the software vendors put into the initial products. Mm -hmm. uh, in the current way, what we are seeing is, and the current way being sort of the industry uh, or supply chain 4.0, um, the executives are under uh, great pressure to do something with digital supply chain, right? That is the mm -hmm. buzzword that's happening today. At the same time, they're overwhelmed and bombarded with tech innovations. Um, that is hard to separate the hype from the reality. <laughs> so the combination of these two really leads them uh, to be, I would say, a little bit more tech forward as opposed to business back or process back as they uh, undertake their, um, uh, their transformation journey. And as we all know, the tech forward or product forward approach uh, uh, is not always a good recipe uh, for success. Um, I think, you know, long way of saying, uh, uh, I would say the, the solutions that enable organizations and the planners to alter or to define their processes, either the current ones or ideally the clean sheet target state process, 
as opposed to being dictated to inherit the processes built into rigid software packages will be much more effective, right? And this will also uh, increase the likelihood of adoption. Uh, one side note um, on this one, I often get asked, um, you know, what, what's the greatest planning solution? And the answer is simple. It's spreadsheets, right? And there's one good reason for it. Exactly. Um, they allow essentially this sort of everybody to codify their own process, right? People think <laughs> process forward. That's the reason people love their spreadsheets. Um, uh, and to sum it up, uh, I think the process-centric approach is definitely uh, is back, right? And that's the way uh, uh, to move forward with the nerve centers as well. Mm -hmm. Let me let me tie this back to to to, to a very interesting point I, I read in that in that white paper you published together with your co-authors that basically there is there is no out of the box solution available yet. I think that ties also to the question you anyway get about what is the ideal planning system. So mm -hmm. um, if if uh, if there's no out-of-the-box planning solution yet um, and a detailed blueprint is, is has not emerged yet, um, do you see that that coming up or, or what would it take in order to have something like that? Yeah, that's a great question, Andreas. Um, so the way the way we think the way we think about it is that there is no out-of-box solution or tech solution, but there's also no out-of-box playbook yet, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple of reasons for it. One, this is still partially an uncharted territory. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, how nerve center is different than the control tower. That's why it's a little bit uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. um, what that means is if you think about the very well-known uh, SNOP or IBP, give or take, there's a copy-paste formula that can be lifted and shifted uh, to a certain degree and adopted. Uh, this is not the case with the, with the concept and the notion of the nerve center. So you couldn't just open a checklist or a playbook and, and start deploying it in an organization. Mm -hmm. I think the second reason no single solution has yet, yet emerged is because the nerve center concept by design covers quite a bit of uh, cross-functional ground and enterprise scope. So it's quite difficult uh, for a single solution to cover all that all that mileage. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the third reason, probably the most important in, in our perspective, is that by design, nerve center is, uh, is supposed to evolve over time as the organization deals with new uncertainties, the new, uh, the new, the new challenges, and has built on the uh, use case and domain transformation. And because it's supposed to evolve, it is it is difficult for out-of-box kind of turnkey uh, technology enablement to enable nerve center. What I think is much more likely uh, uh, is, the, is for an underlying platform upon which the nerve center can be can be enabled, and then can grow together with uh, with the organization. Maybe Charles, let me let me bring you in um, to 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 add. At your view on this point, because um, it sounds like um, it, it, this could be a, a challenge for any vertically integrated solution that exists. If there's no blueprint yet, then how do you how do you build that, and, and how do you stretch the time until it's a fully functional system? Um, the which which approaches have you seen in your in your in your experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, first of all, I can't agree more to what, what Ali just said. And I think, Ali, you made a couple of, of really great points. So 
Um, number one, the, the technology orientation, um, a clear recommendation from my side to the, the CSCOs of the world out there is please keep in mind that still technology is a means to an end and the end is the process support. So don't get fancy about technology, AI, ML, all these things. Um, project them onto certain use cases and bring them into something that serves the process because this is this is the end and the technology is just the means. The other point that you made, Ali, um, um, end to end, um, there's, no, there's not one vendor out there, um, and this brings me back to your question, Andy, um, um, that that does not claim, who does not claim um, um, their specific solution is end-to-end. -end. We are talking about end-to-end -end planning. We are talking about end-to-end -end transportation. We are talking about end-to-end -end this and end-to-end -end that. The commonality be between uh, all of those vendors is that they think end-to-end -end within a function is already end-to-end -end from a process perspective. And this is not true. The process is typically a cross-functional process. The true process, the true end-to-end -end process, take um, plan to fulfill or plan um, um, order to cash or plan um, or, or, or take um, a, a deviation that you get from a transportation visibility to really ensure that, count, that the right counteraction is taken. All these processes are cross-silo, cross-function, cross-system, cross-data, sometimes cross-enterprise. And I think this is, this is the challenge um, that is, is um, uh, the one that we have in front of us, which is not about, it's not about function, more functional depth and functional sophistication within silos. It's going the horizontal, it's, it's taking the horizontal view and connecting the silos into a well-orchestrated process. I think this is um, this is the challenge that we have in front of us, and um, um, a chief supply chain officer that I recently talked to from a from a big um, U.S. American corporation, and we were talking about process digitalization and end to end and blah blah blah, and he said, "You Klaus, I've got I've got a, I've got a question to you. If 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 you if your recommendation is, or, or we all know this, we need to 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 go for process uh, digitalization end to end. When is this job done?" What is your definition of ready? What is what is your definition of done with respect to end-to-end -to, -end, um, to end to end process integration and end-to-end -end process digitalization? And I said, once you don't see any manual interference in your processes where people are keying in data that don't spend added value, and when you don't detect any Excel spreadsheet used in your in your regular processes, then you're probably approaching close um, um, a, a, a point that is close to end of digitalization or fully digitalized. So you mentioned these Excel worksheets. Um, if Excel breaks down, most of the processes on this world are, are going to break down, especially those ones that are um, somehow facilitating the end-to-end. -end. Because whenever you see an Excel worksheet in an operational process, you can be sure that you're at a cross-silo, at a cross-function or cross-system point. And I think this is, this is the next challenge that we have to, um, um, to kind of beat. Maybe Kitan to to get your your point of view on on, on this as well. Um, in the in in the in the white paper you described basically five design choices that that yeah. need to be made, and uh, only one of those was actually around the underlying technology. And and as you as you have, have both you and, and Ali have elaborated and Klaus as well exhaustively, it's not just the technology or, or just the data topic. Um, the is that 
it, it sounds like the, the supply chain nerve center that, that you're proposing is really bringing the IT back to, to serve primarily the business purposes and less an IT strategy. Could you comment on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you're right. This is not about IT strategy, right? It's really kind of saying, what is it that you want to do in your supply chain? And then how do we go after it? And then, of course, IT is one element of it. IT needs to be on the table, but it's really focused on what are we trying to solve in the supply chain? And we talked about the choices that you have to make. And and and, and you rightly pointed out, it's only one of the five is about uh, technology. The, the remainder are really kind of saying, um, when do I kind of take an issue and kind of uh, actually go after it, right? So noise will happen. When I go from my home to Chicago, my office, uh, it could be 35 minutes. It could be 140 minutes, right, sometimes. And that is, there is inherent variability in the supply chain. You cannot overreact for every small thing that happens. Your inventory is supposed to buffer some of those uncertainties, right? Processes that you put into supply chain are essentially designed to do some of that. So you don't need to react every single time. But there are big things that, let's say, accidents happen, right? There you have to immediately react and replan and and get all the different actors in the supply chain to work together with you to kind of get uh, the optimal outcomes given those circumstances. And hence, kind of first principle for us is it's not just about kind of chasing everything. It is really kind of knowing what to chase. Second is uh, there are things that should be put on autopilot, you let them happen, your your processes, your data, your systems will take care of it, let it be. Uh, third, I would say is really figure out the right frequency for your supply chain. A lot of companies are stuck, I would unfortunately say, even in this day and age, in a monthly planning process. I feel like that is, yes, it might be needed for a monthly process, but we have the data, the visibility, and the processing power today to do much more frequent of course, not every minute. We can do every minute, but that's not I'm, what I'm, at, uh, I'm looking at. Really kind of say, where, what is the right frequency for our company to handle the exceptions that we face? Is it daily? Is it weekly? What do I do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly? You got to figure that out. And I think a lot of companies are just saying, oh, a good functioning supply chain is a good SNOP or IBP process. I think that's like a small part of it, yes, but uh, uh, lots of things fail in execution. And then finally, yeah. <clears throat> all of that kind of, uh, uh, we are now operating in a different world. And hence, we need to think about not the traditional way of working in supply chain, so really re revisit who does what, how do we collaborate with each other. And, and frankly, uh, uh, for the North Center concept, we are saying you should actually have a cross-functional team that is uh, working together with you on that. I think the one thing I would say, Klaus, you, uh, one of the things that you were kind of saying spurred a thought in my mind, which is the nerve center is not uh, technology. Uh, and yes, there is technology involved. It's not a technology and it's not a project. It's really kind yeah. of uh, our vision of nerve center is uh, this is a continuous improvement engine on top of kind of managing your day-to-day -day supply chain to function well, right? It really helps you get from here to a much better uh, supply chain in the future. And by uh, the definition of a continuous improvement engine, it will never be done, right? I think, yes, we might end digitalization at some point, but then 
I think we will continue to improve your supp uh, supply chain forever. Absolutely, absolutely. Can fully second that. Um, and and um, I think this is something that is also um, uh, kind of mentioned in your in your in your white paper about the nerve center. I think um, uh, we phrase it a bit differently, but we always say think big, start small, and scale fast. And, yeah. and thinking big is good, but you have you should have the courage to start small. And this um, um, I think is is what you also pointed out. Um, start small and and t take it as a continuous improvement and, a, and a, as a continuously growing approach um, into probably more use cases into more more um, 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 distractions that you that you're sensing from your market start with the important ones takes a couple of use cases um, um, or specific processes that are creating the most disruption and start there and don't yeah. try to boil the o the ocean right agree completely agree I think this was a fantastic summary. Let me let me try to recap it again for our listeners. Basically, make sure you chase the right thing. Uh, make sure you automate where where you can. Make sure you set up the right frequencies and definitely bridge the silos. And as Klaus said, in addition, start small and scale fast to really leverage the the benefits that that this nerve center and the other initiatives can really have. I thank you very much, Ketan Shah, Ali Sankpur for this fantastic talk. Um, and uh, Klaus, I'm sure we will have quite a number of additional podcasts coming up to dive much more deeper into industry experience and and how additional um, work can can benefit our supply chain executives. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Kita, and thanks, Ali. Um, great discussion, and I think this Nerve Center is going to keep us um, uh, busy, and we will we will hear um, um, uh, this expression um, um, much more often in future because I think I, I think you really um, hit the nerve in this sense and, <laughs> and hit a hit a hit a hit a good point. So um, thanks for your thought leadership at that point, and thanks for your participation today. Thank you for inviting us, right? And I, I leave the one with one message. Start already. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you so much. You. Bye.